0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Prince of Peace podcast, where our aim is to help you live and love like Jesus. I'm Lauren Hlaud, one of the pastors of Prince of Peace. We're glad that you're here and we hope you enjoy. This is the final week in our resilient series. Over the last few weeks, we've been exploring the theme of God's resilient character in the world and in our lives. We've been exploring different biblical figures who have modeled God's gifts of resiliency for us. On this culmination week, as we wrap up this focus, we do so looking at how we are called to be resilient people. We're exploring the theme of how we are called, like the heroes of our faith, like the ancestors of our faith, to be resilient. To be resilient in love, resilient in our calling, resilient with forgiveness, and yes, resilient with our generosity. This is All Saints weekend. It's a very special weekend in the church year where we give honor and we pay our respects to all of those faithful members of the body of Christ who have departed before us, who have lived lives of faith, whose lives of faith began in the waters of baptism. We remember those in our own faith community who have faithfully departed since the last All Saints celebration. We give thanks to God for their lives, for their witness, for their generosity, for the way that Through good times and hard, they displayed God's very resilience. But here we are, in this final week, where we're exploring the need for our own resiliency. Each one of us has been tested and tried throughout our lifetime. Every person listening to this sermon right now, you have gone through Trials and tribulations. And there are trials and tribulations in your life that are to come. We know that in this last year, those trials have felt especially heavy and burdensome. The everyday stressors of life have only been compounded with feelings of isolation or loneliness. Maybe it's been job loss for you due to COVID-19 and the way that the world has been thrown into a tailspin. And through every trial and through every tribulation that we, we live through, we journey through, we do find that we are made stronger. We are made a more resilient people, but by the grace of God. It's often in looking back at our life that we realize how God has been so present with us through all of those hardships. When I was deployed in Iraq with the army, I didn't feel very resilient. I didn't feel very strong Many of those days and many of those nights, but in looking back at that experience, I realized that God was with me every step of the way. I realized that God's strength and power was made manifest in my life. Maybe you've been through a hardship in the past, and while you lived through that moment, you didn't feel very strong, you didn't feel resilient, you didn't feel like you had the strength you needed. But when you look back, a year ago, five years ago, 10 years ago. Maybe it was when you declared bankruptcy or you went through a divorce or you had uh, trouble in a relationship with a child or there were problems um, in your family. When you look back, you see that you were made more resilient. I really believe that we are living through a collective time as humanity, as God's people, Um, Where right now it might be hard to see just how resilient we actually are, because we're going through crisis, we're going through trauma, our worlds are being made new, and in the midst of all of this, it's normal for us to feel anxious, or afraid, or scared, or uncertain, or terrified. And yet, I really believe that we're going to look back at this season, one day, and we're going to say, wow, look at the strength that God did give us. Look at the ways that God was faithful to us. This certainly was the journey of the Israelites. It certainly was the journey of the disciples of Jesus. As they look back at their life and their ministry, they realize that God was with them every step of the way, creating a new future, a new vision for the world that was radiant and beautiful. So as we gather for worship, On this All Saints commemoration, let's be mindful of our own trials, our own tribulations, the own longings of our heart. However you might be feeling right now, whether it's weighed down with grief or anxiety or heavy, or whether you're feeling like you're coming out on the other side of those feelings, know that God has been with you. God will be with you always because it's the very character of our God. This is also our commitment weekend. It's a weekend where we recommit, rededicate our whole lives to the sake of God's vision of a world restored with grace and peace. It's in conjunction with our stewardship campaign, our annual stewardship appeal. And when you think about stewardship, we're, we're thinking about this biblical concept that we are called to be caretakers, stewards, of all of God's resources. Of course, our financial resources, the gifts that God gives us of income and revenue, but also we're called to be stewards of the physical resources that God gives us, our bodies, our words, our, our minds, our energy. We're called to steward everything that God has given us. And this season of stewardship, focusing on what it is that we are called the steward, it always leads us to reaffirm the commitments that we've already made in our life of discipleship. You see, in these waters of baptism where we are claimed and named as children of God, commitments are made. Commitments to do God's work of justice and peace in all the earth. Commitments to be a part of the body of Christ, to share in the meal and the Lord's Supper, to to cling to the promises of our faith. It's on this weekend that we are inviting all of you to recommit yourselves to the kingdom work of Jesus Christ. For us to be rededicated to this life of faith, this baptismal life of faith, where we are united in a death like Christ and we are, we are raised up into a resurrection like his. You see, we live in this world that isn't just filled with trial and tribulation and hardship. We live in a world that is filled with temptation. We live in a world that is filled with the, the lies and the lure of a better life. Henry Nouwen uh, a deep thinker and theologian, he writes, Our whole way of living is structured around climbing the ladder of success and making it to the very top. Our very sense of vitality is dependent upon being part of the upward pull and upon the joy provided by the rewards given on the way up. Our parents, teachers, and friends impress upon us From the moment we are able to pick up the cues that it is our holy task to make it in this world. To be a real man or woman, Nowin writes, is to show that one cannot only survive the long competitive struggle for success, but that one must come out victorious. Again, Nowen gives voice to this reality of the world we live in, here especially in North America and especially in the suburban context. The problem is not the desire for development and progress as an individual or community, but in making upward mobility itself into a religion. In this religion, we believe that success means that God is with us, while failure means that we have sinned. The question then is, is God running with us? And if so, then God will make us win. We are taught to conceive of development in terms of an ongoing increase in human potential. Growing up to now when, he says, means that we've bought into the idea that becoming healthier, stronger, more intelligent, more mature, more productive. While consequently we hide those who do not affirm the myth of progress such as the elderly, the prisoners, and those with mental disabilities. In our society, we consider the upward move, the obvious one, while treating the poor cases who cannot keep up as sad misfits, people who have deviated from the normal line of progress. Now in here, I think really eloquently paints this picture of something that I know I feel in my life, and you might feel too. It's this draw toward upward mobility, this idea that the point of our life is to achieve more success, more wealth, more accolades. What Nouwen is giving voice to here is this reality that we as humanity can so often make life and all of its details and all of its burdens all about us. We so often live a me-centered life. We justify this with things like hard work and determination and the pursuit of the American dream or success. Now, don't hear me wrong. I love America and I believe in the American dream, but the American dream should be so much more um, than just material success and wealth because the American dream isn't necessarily God's dream. God's dream is a dream that begins and ends in these waters, the waters of our baptism. We are given a very clear mission in our baptism to live among God's faithful people, to be a voice for justice and peace in the earth, and to help bring about and point to a kingdom that is to come. Nowin is famous for saying that Jesus of Nazareth, he resisted nearly every temptation to be drawn into the pursuit of upward mobility. and writes that it's actually downward mobility that has the power to set us free. So on this commitment weekend, where we're asking our community to make commitments of body, mind, spirit, and financial resources... Let us hear the words of our teacher, the words of our Lord. Let us hear the words of the one whom we worship. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful is so often countercultural to how we think about blessing. I am so guilty of this. How often do I think about blessings in my life related to the size of my bank account or my retirement account or the ability to buy a new car or to provide lots of excess for my children? Jesus calls blessing here those who are meek, those who do the work of peacemaking, those who are lowly in this world. What Jesus associates with blessing is righteous living, is living with this desire to see the kingdom of God break through in our world where all might be satisfied, where there isn't a world of haves and have-nots. There's a world marked by nothing but love and abundance for all people. This is the message that would end up getting Jesus crucified. But it's also the love and the spirit behind the message, the same love and spirit that would raise him from the dead, that would prove once and for all that love and life win, that there's more to this life than the endless pursuit of upward mobility, that we truly find our life in losing it. We truly find who we really are, when we live a generously abundant life. Thanks be to God on this commitment weekend that we worship a Jesus who embodied true generosity, who didn't serve or care or heal out of his excess, but out of his essence. It's who he was. And this is who we are invited to be as faithful people of God. We're invited to be all in as you consider the gift that you will make to the ministry of Prince of Peace this year, I want you to consider the impact of those gifts. We're not asking our community of faith here to give so that staff members at Prince of Peace can have a a big pay increase. We're not asking members to give to fill the coffers of Prince of Peace Lutheran Church. We're not asking you to give to a building project or an expansion. We're asking you, to help fund ministry. We're asking you to help fund impact. The reality is when we pool our resources together, Prince of Peace is able to make a far greater impact in the world. We do this through our commitment to the Haitian Timun Foundation. We do this through our commitment to Lutheran Outdoor Ministries in Ohio, to campus ministry, to the faith formation of our young adults who are changing the world. We do this through our commitments to ministry partners like Vail and Takoon Farm and Nest and IHN and Habitat for Humanity and the Southern Ohio Synod. When you make a gift to the shared ministry, you're also acknowledging that God is first the provider of everything you've been given. We are but stewards of these resources. And we are called to give back as an, as an act of worship to our God who abundantly gives to us. So as you prayerfully consider your gift, may you know that that is an act of worship. Every time we give of ourselves generously, We are worshiping and reflecting the character of the God who is abundantly generous, far more generous than we could ever truly be ourselves. So why are we generous people? Because we worship the one who defines generosity, who did not consider himself equal to God, but humbled himself to the point of death, death on a cross. This year is an unprecedented year. The future is uncertain. But here is what I am certain of. I am certain that God will continue to be generous to us. God will continue to walk with us as we do this work of ministry. As we engage in our baptismal calling to bring about a world restored with grace and peace, I am certain that God will be faithful. God will be faithful to you. God will be faithful to us because God is love, because God is faithful. My prayer is that together we would help echo reflect that faithfulness back into this community so that all of those who are counting on us to show up and make a difference in the world so that they would know that we have their backs. We are faithful as well, because together all things are possible with God. On this commitment weekend, may your heart be filled with God's love. May you find yourself drawn once again to the God who is drawing close to you. Cling to your faith in the crucified and risen Lord. God loves each of you, and I do too. Amen.